Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, Score, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Welcome to DBR Racing Products the leader in 3D modeling and innovations. Since 2015, they have been revolutionizing the industry, starting with their groundbreaking YFZ450R battery boxes. But they didn't stop there. They have continued to push the boundaries, constantly improving their design with each new version. In 2018, they introduced the game-changing Vortex EXO cage specifically designed to securely hold the Vortex ECU in a safe and sturdy location. This breakthrough innovation ensures your ECU stays protected even in the toughest racing conditions. At DBR, they understand that every detail matters. That's why they also offer an array of essential products to enhance your racing experience. Their spark plug hold downs keep your engine firing at peak performance while their LTR breather boxes ensure optimal ventilation for your machine. Their LT250 engine skid plates are a must have for those seeking unmatched protection. Engineered to shield your engine from impacts and rough terrain, they provide the ultimate defense for your ATV. But that's not all, they've developed ProPeg mounts that allow you to use TRX450R Nerf bars, giving you greater control and maneuverability on the track. To explore their full range of innovative products and learn more about DBR Racing, 
visit their website at www.dvratv.com. You can also reach them directly at 507-828-1233. Their knowledgeable team is ready to assist you with any questions or inquiries. DVR Racing Products, where innovation meets performance, unleash the power within you. Hunter Hart, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you, brother? Dude, it's good. You know, it's been a hot minute since we've been on. I'm excited to be back on. And yeah, we're closing We're closing in on the beginning of the GNCC season, the second half. And I'm excited. You know, it's, it's ready. We got three more good ones to go. And then we're, we're headed back to Florida for the winter, which is, you know, we all know how much I enjoy Florida. So um, that's, that's true. And, and you're, you're having a pretty uh, good season so far. You're running second in points and you've uh, got yourself on top of the box. Yeah. You know, it's been good. You know, it's like anything, it has its ups and its downs or else it'd be pretty boring. And, um, but no, it's good. You know, we, uh, we're sitting pretty well, excited to, excited to get the ball rolling here and just, you know, just be back at it. Be back at the races. Uh, the the races are my favorite place to be. And yeah, you know that's uh, that's that's how I like to have it. I got to ask you a question. I watched a video that you pub, that you put out. Whose idea was it to drive through the house and then jump in the swimming pool? So originally, the uh, that was that was a partially my idea. So. We, it was myself and my buddy, Zach Bothwell were the, the brain people behind it. And ironically, I was just going to rip into the house, you know, just do a donut. Actually, no, I was just going to drive into the house and then just jump into the pool. Zach was like, dude, you need to like bust a donut in the house and then jump into the pool. So whichever way you want to split it, he, uh, he was kind of bummed cause he wasn't there to actually the day that we shot the video, his little brother Dylan was there and, um, yeah, he uh, he was mad because Dylan got all the credit for being there. And uh, but no, it was good. Um, that video is doing well. That's at one point nine million views on Instagram. It's at a uh, six hundred thousand on uh, TikTok. So it's it's doing well. You know, it's it's a great selling point for products. You know, and it's it's helpful. It's good good content creation is what I like to call it. So do you? Since I don't see a ton of those videos, I see a few of your videos. Is, is that something that? you're looking into how to promote your sponsors and your product is to create uh, videos that are going to catch people's eyes. You know, honestly, dude, that was just one that before I put the flooring down in the house and before we painted, I wanted to just go in there and uh, originally I want to do a burnout. So that was the original thing. And then I was like, no, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have rubber stuck to the walls. So we went in, we did the donut and that was honestly just a passion project for me was to do that so that, you know, whenever, I can be like, yeah, dude, we, we ripped a donut in the house before, before we did anything. And, um, we ended up doing that. And, you know, honestly, I've, I've found that the videos that I enjoy shooting myself, like the videos that I'm passionate about usually do way better than, you know, the videos where we spend a ton of time, you know, content creating perfect shot, perfect lighting, all that stuff, dude, doesn't matter. You just need to whip out an iPhone, shoot the clip and, and be done with it. You don't need my, uh, my video guy, Ian, we joke about that all the time. He's like, dude, I just need to go buy a $1,200 iPhone, you know, drop it on the ground a couple of times, scratch the lens. So it's a little blurry and then shoot the video that way. He goes, I don't even need these cameras. I don't need these cameras, the drones, none of it. And we got a Wi-Fi hiccup. 
So I, I hope you come right back. I'm back. You see, yeah, you're back. There we go. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, my Wi-Fi is pretty good. Sometimes it gets a little spotty, but no, like the, the video stuff, dude, it's just, it's just a fun passion project for me to do. And it helps to be able to sell stuff. You know, I mean, that's two and a half million, million impressions, you know, so that, that helps move the needle with some people as well. So let me ask you this question, Ian, Ian, excuse me, Ian, sorry about that. Ian yep. is the guy that you have helping you pr- do the promotions and the video work. <clears throat> and I have Valeria. And I also, I think you froze again. You're back. Let's try. Let's try this. Let's, there we go. Let's try this. No Wi-Fi. Let's see how it works. We should be good. Are we good? Uh, I got your uh, vocal. Good. But I don't have video. How's it going? Right there you go. You're back. Okay. We're gonna edit we're in the to, middle. There we go. So, okay. okay, we're back. So okay, the you have Ian, that Wi-Fi sometimes is a little spotty. Well, you have Ian and I have Valeria, right? And yep. Valeria likes to do the, you know, choreograph the video before you make it. I'm a spontaneous. To be genuine, I need to just let it roll. You know the way I'm thinking about it at that given time. And if we don't like the two or three videos that we shoot, we do it again, right? Exactly. For sure. That's, that's how it is with Ian. And, and I've always told Ian, I'm like, dude, the first take is going to be the best one. So make sure we get it because, and that's how it always is, is with Ian and I, whenever we do something like the first time, dude is always the best. And I'm like, Ian, we got to get it on the first try. And you know, 90% of the time we do. And that's, that's the nice thing. Well, it's because it's more believable and you haven't had a chance to think about it and it's more comes from the heart, correct? Right, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I feel about it. I don't like to pre-script anything because it's too um hasty, you know. Right, uh, absolutely. It feels or, manufactured. Yeah, or notchy. Yeah. yeah. I have to think about what to say. It's like when we make commercials. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, commercials are never, never ideal. Well, for professionals that can do it. And I'm not by far right. professional, you know, right. I don't, I don't even think to think I'm on that deal. No, I'm taken away from our race talk, but it, it just, uh, I like that video and I've watched it multiple times. So, Oh, it's, it's a classic, dude. I love it. It's uh that's one of my favorite ones that I've shot so far just because it's, it's so funny. Like I've never, I've never seen a video like that done before. And that's just kind of what we're after is just different, uh, different content that you don't see on a day-to-day basis, you know, cause everybody, everybody rides an ATV, you know, like let's, let's make it something more exciting than just that. So are you going to get into extreme content creating, uh, after your race career? Oh man, you never know. I mean, uh, you never know. Like that's always the goal is just to keep, keep moving the needle to where, where I can just roll, roll into other, other, uh, projects that aren't always involved with racing, you know? Yeah. But I, I don't see you leaving racing for a while. No, definitely not. Definitely not. That's, that's awesome. <clears throat> so I want to ask a question. Okay. When you put her on top of the box this year. Um, how are you feeling? Good. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was good. Um, you know, it honestly wasn't the best that I'd rode all year. And we just, uh, we just were able to put the pieces together, uh, both times. 
And yeah, it's good. You know, I mean, uh, I'm excited to, to finish these last three out, you know, the last two of the last three tracks we've won at before and it's, you know, trending, trending in our direction. You know, the years that we've had great success at both those tracks, um, it's how we're feeling now is we're feeling about the same way we felt those years. So I'm excited. It's going to be, it's going to be good. You know, um, weather should be pretty solid at the last three and yeah, I mean, Hey, I only gotta, we only gotta be perfect three times, three more times for the year. It's easy. It's easy math. Six hours, six hours and you're done. Right. Right. Knock it out. Right. That's right. Um, have you made any drastic changes in your program or any of the things on the bike, uh, in the off season, obviously not with sponsors, but you know, upgrades, things that are going to set you apart from the, the rest of your competitors. Dude, there's no need to, no need to change what's not broke. You know, we, um, a lot of it's just been personal, personal development and stuff like that. Um, one of the, the bigger changes is my sand setup. You know, we, we, we got that to where that's darn near perfect. You know, now for me, um, didn't get to show it in Florida as much as I'd like to. And then camp Coker, we were able to definitely, definitely show up more so than we did in Florida, which was nice. And no, you know, um, setup's just been on point, you know, um, not, not a lot of changes, you know, not much, not much really, really changes. And, and it's easier that way. You know, you just kind of can keep the same recipe and just, just tweak it a little bit to, to suit yourself better. And that's, that's what I enjoy, you know, just consistency is key. You know, I talked to a number of people in the industry and we were having discussions about, you know, obviously Joel Hetrick and the MX series. And then we were talking about Bryson Neal because the beginning of the season started out well for him. And then bam, Hunter Hart pops in and wins two in a row, takes the point lead at one point and um, shook up the whole ball of wax. It was uh, pretty awesome for someone on my standpoint to see that and beans that you are very animated and uh, never, never have a lack of energy. Um, what did that do for you when you would leave the racetrack and go home? How was that uh, working with your psyche? Yeah, you know, it uh, it didn't change much. You know, that's that's where we that's where we spend so much time envisioning ourselves is doing that well. And you know, I mean, honestly, if if we hadn't had the the issue that we had at Penton where we where we broke, if we had just finished where we had finished where we were running that day at Penton you know, uh, points gap would be a lot different. And I, I feel that, you know, things would be different. Um, but you know, you can't, you can't change anything like that. And, um, you know, snowshoe, snowshoe is another one that just, that place is just, uh, not, not, um, not ideal. Hasn't been ideal for us for the last two years, you know, unfortunate things have just gone sideways for us there. And, um, but no, you know, gave up a lot of, a lot of points there. But, you know, it's, it's good. Um, it, it reminds you that you are still human and that things can still go so wrong. And, uh, it's just been big, big learning experiences, you know, um, that's the biggest takeaway for me is that they, that you just have to continue the learning process and know that you have to make the most out of every, every race, you know, cause there are only 12, 12 chances a year. And that's the nice thing for me is that there's, that there's three more times, you know, to make them, to make them count and to do, to be the best that you can be there. Like the, the Boy Scouts camp, the Mountaineer that's coming up, that plays in my jam. You know, um, the Mountaineer tracks have always been my jam. Even back in XC2, I was running third overall there in 2017. And I ended up actually just cartwheeling my stuff through a rock garden, just 
tweaked myself. I ended, I think I had a three and a half minute lead that day in XC2, ended up still winning that day. And just, uh, I've always just been good, good at those rocky tracks, just like, uh, two years ago there when I got the win. And then last year couldn't, couldn't get the passes down, which, you know, we're, we're, uh, going to take the gloves off these last three and just be ready to rumble. And, but no, it's, it's good. Um, it's just one of those things where you have to take it with a grain of salt, you know, looking at the spread of the points at this point and you know, it's uh, simple math, simple math, uh, from here on out for us. So what's up with snowshoe either you love that place or you hate that place is it following the hate category for you or are you just are you just one of those guys that are, are loving to get punched in the nose um un- unfortunately when when the tracks don't change change at all year to year they get very very chewed out and um just just poor Poor race management on my part is truthfully what happened. Um, it just wasn't, just wasn't ideal. You know, nothing, nothing of that whole day went ideal for us. Even, even kind of from the, from the word go, the days leading up to it, just none of it really, really fell into the way that we needed it to go for a successful race day. And, you know, it'll be, we, we learned a lot, you know, there's some things that we're going to tweak for, for years future to, to not make the same mistake twice. You know, we're not gonna, not gonna put ourselves in the position to, to make the same mistake as we had this year. And from there, we're going to regroup and, and go forward from there. Well, it is an evolution scale of learning constantly in ATV in, in racing in general, not just ATV racing, but you never stop <laughs> learning. Absolutely. No. And, and that's the biggest goal is just to take away everything that we learned this year and be able to go, go forward with it and just be, be stronger, be smarter, everything. <clears throat> Well, you say a lot and you don't get real deep into the, into the rocks and woods when we're talking about those things. And I, I, I like that about you, but sometimes I'd, I'd almost like it a little deeper analogy of exactly what happened, but you're going to give me, um, give me, and that's, and that's all that matters, brother. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I seem to get screwed every year in Howard's hole. Uh, no matter what happens there, it seems to never go my way, especially when it's going, going super well for us. And then this past year, <clears throat> I ended up used the same line I'd used all race over by about the seven or eight mile marker dropped into a hole and actually ended up, I was the, the entire back of the bike was gone. Like it was over the seat in a mud hole and it was waist deep on me. And, you know, it just, it was just a frustrating day for, for the lack of communication that you're available there due to how large of a scale the mountain is and the way the start is, you know, it's, it's, it's a fickle mistress, you know, to, to, to be uh, a general statement about it, you know? It, it, It seems that you weren't the only guy to obviously have issues there, but I mean, I, I've seen some other people that had even worse days than that, but man, I don't even know if I would want to ride that place on a good day. Uh, you know, I mean, I just, I wish that it was more so in the woods, you know, I wish we didn't have so many fire roads and, you know, just kind of took the speed down a bit because I mean, when we're fourth, fifth gear wide open, you know, it's, it's a scary, scary factor, but you know, I mean, unfortunately that's just the way that place is where if we could just cut, cut the speed, even, even in half on some of the fire roads, I think it'd be a much, much different outlook on the race. Just, just for that fact that, you know, I mean, when you're fifth gear wide open with 23 tires on, you know, it, it things can come at you quick and, and get squirrely fast. 
Yeah, because that's a higher mile an hour than you're normally used to running, correct? Oh, you're you're cooking. I mean, and then once you put the big tires on, you gain more speed as well. And it just it it can uh it can come apart quick. When you're out on those fire roads with the big tires, do you <clears> notice <throat> any any braking issues? It's more of a, a turning uh cap categories where it falls into is that they just you come into the corners and they're definitely more so like they want to roll over almost makes makes the most logical sense is they just uh don't want to plan as well and they just kind of do a little bit of like a, a smushy uh rollover i guess oh that that can get you all into all different sorts of uneasiness and, and not feeling correct exactly because i mean you have so much more sidewall to them is, is the big piece is that you just doubled your sidewall essentially and that's where the the turning comes in and into play and, and all that sorts of stuff. It, it, I wonder how it affects the other machines because that Yamaha turns pretty damn good. Yeah, they they don't turn too bad. Um, you know, that's always one thing is I always joke about. I'm like, I just you know, I'm always always looking for more turning, and um, you know, it's just just one of those things. You know, you're always always looking for you know that extra tenth everywhere, and that's just the the big thing is you just want to, you want to find that extra smidge that you think is going to help everywhere, you know? Not to get too personal about your machine and your setups. Do you go to a Suzuki style spindle to get it Absolutely. to feel better? Absolutely. Suzuki, Suzuki, everything up front, OEM Suzuki stuff. Yep. Only, only way to go. How much difference on a percentage <clears throat> basis do you think it is versus the stock Yamaha stuff? I've never, I've never ridden the stock stuff. I don't, uh, don't have a frame of reference there. I've only ever ridden the Suzuki stuff. Yep. Since I was 15, I've only ever run the Suzuki stuff. So you jumped on a Yamaha with Suzuki stuff on it and never attempted to test the other stuff. Mm -mm. No, nope. I rode the, I bought two bikes from Landon Wolf when I was, when we were 15, uh, when he was switching to Hondas and those were the two bikes essentially that we used the products on those to build the next bikes off of was what we did. You know, that's where we ended up with the Hauser A-arms, the Fox shocks and everything like that. And we just went from there. I just stayed with the package that you really got comfortable with as you grew into it. Correct. Yep. How, how tall were you when you were 15? Probably five, 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 nine, five, eight, five, nine. How tall are you now? Six one. So you grew a little bit, not as much as I was thinking. Uh, no, maybe, not a ton. Maybe in weight, you've gotten a little heavier. Oh, yeah. I was probably 140 pounds when I was 15. I'm 175 pounds now. Yeah, so you're you're just in good fighting weight with a, right. with a, a, good, a good height that gives you good leverage. You know, you're not too tall, not too short. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's where <clears throat> I wouldn't want to be any taller riding an ATV. You know, I definitely think we're right on a good, good point there for being able to like, you know, manually mogul over stuff and just, uh, just have fun with it. I think John Galato Jr. And Chad Weenan would argue with you. Oh, they're something they're tall. They're super tall. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Hey, so I have been talking to some three-wheeler guys the probably one of the uh well more well-known guys on the west coast david ham and you know he's always looking for enthusiastic young people to ride three-wheelers with him and since I'm he good. saw your video riding the three-wheeler he was kind of hoping that you would come out to the west coast and join his his desert program 
No, I'm good. I am. I'm good on that. <laughs> You're still not going to give in to the fact that you got skills. Dude, I rode a three-wheeler down at the shoot of butter too. I went into a corner and I stuck my leg out like a dirt bike and then I ran myself over. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but the yeah. little portion in the video looked good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't catch me in the corner trying to pull myself out from underneath the bike. Yeah. Bike, quad, trike. I don't even know what to call it. They didn't know. They didn't video that part. Yeah, it's because I was in the back corner. I was far away. <laughs> so so there's not going to be any trailer racing in your future. Definitely not. No, definitely okay. not. I, you know, David Ham's going to watch this. David, I tried, but he didn't. He wasn't going to bite. So you, know. you might see side by side. That's that's the closest thing. You know, maybe if we rip a wheel off one of those, it'll we'll call it a three wheeler. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. L- let me ask you this. I know that you're sponsored by Fox and Hauser, and I don't want to interfere with anything uh, on that end. I'm not. I mean, I'm not trying to talk about a sponsor deal. But I wanted to ask your opinion on something, and maybe you maybe you have one, maybe you don't. Mike Walsh built a cross-country KTM 300 for a gentleman, and I just wondered if you'd had any exposure to this machine or even heard about it. No, I, uh, I haven't seen it in person. I've seen videos of it, and the thing looks sweet. You know, I think that... I think that two strokes would be cool. You know, I wish that I, I could ride a 300 two-stroke quad because I think it would be very fitting to the way that I ride currently, you know, like a lot of my stuff is, is on the higher end of the rev scale for tuning and such, just cause that's just where I enjoy, enjoy riding. It's that higher up just raw instead of kind of lugging it everywhere. I'm not a, not a lugger. We don't like lugging bikes. And, um, I think it'd be cool though. You know, rip two strokes, two strokes are, two strokes are fun. Find that power valve and just let it sing. So if somebody gave you a chance to test that machine, you would be all, oh, I'd rip it. I'd rip it all day. I mean, I would ride it all day, every day. I actually got a chance to ride a C or a KTM 85 hybrid at action camp and, um, rip that thing till it ran out of gas. <laughs> Which you just, you just love to ride though, too. So. Burn, burning laps, dude. I was smiling ear to ear because it felt just like my youth bike. I was just out there just doing laps and having a ball the whole time. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Do you ever get tired of riding? Um, if I get tired of riding, I just have to change where I'm riding and then we're good. So it's the terrain, not the riding. Correct. Yeah, no, I could, I could ride all day. Like if you gave me the option to just ride somewhere new every day of the week, I could ride somewhere new every day of the week, you know, but if I have to ride the same like five minute loop every day, then I'm like, all right, this is, I, I can see it in my dreams. I can, I can feel it. Like I know, I know what's coming. Um, but no, if I had a chance to have enough places where you could ride somewhere different, you know, every single day of the week for hours on end, you know, I'd be, I'd be pumped. Are you, you're in New York right now? Correct. Yep. Yep. We're in New York right now. You have your own facility to ride at, I'm assuming right there in New York. I do. Very thankful that my parents, uh, have a, have a bit of land up here. I've got a motocross track, um, a grass track loop, and then I've got my my woods loop that's right about 15 minutes a lap right now that I'm able to do uh, to ride on. How do you change it up for yourself on on your own property, dude? I got three different tracks, bro. I got three days a week covered. They're in rotation: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll ride somewhere different. Then I just ro- rotate Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll ride somewhere else. And you know, I can flip it around. 
So I can't flip the moto track around, but I can flip two of the three tracks around, double it up, dude. Boom. Look at that. You've covered every day of the week and you're set. <laughs> you got it covered, man. You got it. Covered. I got it. I got a plan. And then, yep. you know, you can go out too. And, uh, I've got a, or, uh, there's a JCB skid steer here that I get sometimes and just fluff everything up. I go out there, just monster truck stuff. You just look out. Cause I'm just bulldozing through anything. So, so you really have it covered. If you need something, oh, yeah. you're making it right then. Oh yeah. I got a, I got a mulch loop and a road. I got a rototiller on the back of a tractor too. So like my grass track, dude, it's prime. That place is sick. It's down by like this river too, that floods in the spring, floods the entire field. The entire field's like eight, 10 inches underwater in the spring. So the track is prime, you know, and next to the grass track is what we call the true river loop, which has like eight Creek jumps. Cause it just like hops over the ditches that flood in the spring when the Creek gets too high. And that loop there, dude, I mean, it's three and a half feet of just pure loam, like silty riverbed loam dirt. Oh, so you have a blast. Is is this where you test your water setup is going out and riding in those environments to make sure that you're not going to suck water and, and hurt the engines? No, not really. I mean... Um, the water loop, you know, you, you run basically all GNCCs, we, we go prepared for water. And the only difference is if you put say a piece of foam or something on the top of the airbox, but other than that, you're not, you're not changing much for a dry race or a wet race at a GNCC. Really? You guys have, no. it, you mm-hmm. guys have it down that well that you know what it's going to be like. Do you, and, and I don't want it secret. So if you don't want to answer, don't answer. Um, what do you do to shield your radiator? Oh, you just tape it. You know, you tape it, um, kind of tape right on the Yamahas. There's the, that Y, Y frame piece. You can tape both sides off just like that. And and you're set, you know, I mean, you can't prevent all of it, but you can prevent most of it. Enough to not hurt yourself. Correct. Yep. The fans, yeah, the fans still pull through and you're, you're able to be, be set there. You run a fan that runs on a thermostat or all the time. So it's just a constant run. So we run on a thermostat. I believe it comes on at like 180 degrees is somewhere like that. That's comes pretty on at, I, I could be wrong. It could be 220. I don't need, I don't know. Uh, 220 is a little high, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> Some, somewhere in there. I think 205 is stock and you've probably set it a little lower than that. I'm assuming uh, most people generally do. That you would know. make sense. Dude, I, I don't sweat. I can't sweat that small stuff. That's, I let Mark Notman worry about that. Mark mm-hmm. Notman and Paul Turner. Those are good guys to have worry about that stuff, right? That's right. Do you spend much time talking to Paul? Uh, I'll talk to Paul probably five, six times a year. You know, I'll, I'll talk to Paul. Paul cuts all my uh, race cut harnesses. All my harnesses go to Paul to be built. Right. He does a lot of people's harnesses. So how do you, how do you and Paul get, who, who, who doesn't talk? Because you guys are both 90 mile an hour a minute. Oh, that dude, we get so much more covered. I mean, if everybody talked like Paul and I decided to have no issues, everybody would be so much further ahead because there'd be no time to, for dilly dally, you know, it's a 30 second conversation and you get everything I, in. It might be five minutes is the most time Paul and I ever spent on the phone because it's just done. And you get it all in and, and you got it all covered. That's awesome. it's covered. Everything's covered. Yeah. Any question you could have, dude, done. I think the only reason Paul and I have long conversations is because I talk slower than he does. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem. Got to pick up the pace, pick up the pace, dude. <laughs> I need to, I need to, but yeah, when you talk to Paul, you got to get those areas where 
you get him to stop, you know, to take a breath, then you got to shut, cut him off and talk because if you don't, you're never going to get a word in. Oh, exactly. For sure. Yeah, that is that is a slight issue with him. <laughs> well, I think you're you're on par, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And are you looking at uh 2024 schedule at, at all with the cross country series? Have they come up with anything new or are they don't publish until well after the season? Nope. So we won't see the 24 schedule until the GNCC banquet is when we'll get our first look at it. Um, it'll probably be pretty similar to what we have this year. I know the Florida round usually coincides with the bike week, the Daytona bike week. And that's usually when, when the Florida round is. So the first round will be roughly two weeks before Daytona bike week. The third round will be a week after that. And then there's usually not a race on Easter falls in between there. And snowshoes usually the last week or the second to last week in June. Just bang, bang, bang. Everybody knows. And yep. they're just locking in that way. Uh, do you do much conversating with any of the guys on the motorcycle side? Um, not a ton. No, not a ton. You know, we kind of, I mean, at the races, we'll, we'll talk and hang out and stuff like that. But um, no, not as, not as much as you think, you know. Did you know that it took eight rounds before they had a different winner? I did. That was cool. Before they had a, before they had a d- duplicate winner, they had right. eight rounds where it was, yeah. Yeah, crazy. That that's in that's unheard of. We were kind of coping in some of those conversations. We would love to see a series like your guys's go, you know, seven or eight rounds with uh, not the same guy winning. How exciting would that be? Oh, not at all. I'd I'd much rather see you know, for for myself, you know, I'd much rather see it be, you know just me running with it, uh, instead of having that many people like that, you know, cause that makes, that makes for a soup, you know? And then, then at that point it's, uh, it's an interesting, it makes just the whole dynamic different. Uh, yeah. Points are tighter. Uh, your finishes, you know, finishing on the podium or closer to the podium matters because all of those points are counted and, and more critical because you're not dominating. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. That's, that's, are you a, a point counter? Uh, like a lot of guys, you know, will be critical of every round. They know where they are on the track. You know, do you, do you get into that? No, it, it usually goes worse for me when I do that. I usually just go out there and I'm like, well, whatever we get today is what we get, you know, and I, I didn't, I won't even check. I haven't even checked. I haven't checked the points all, all year other than when we were leading. Cause I just wanted to make sure it was true. You know, that was the only time that I actually looked at it was um that was when and then other than that we haven't um haven't looked since did your media coverage change at all when you were in the points lead not much no you know it was pretty much uh business as usual you know nothing nothing out of the ordinary uh brought it up no they do they do a pretty good job you know gncc does a pretty good job covering all that stuff yeah they do I, I like to read some of the information that you get off of their website. Um, I don't get to watch much of the uh, coverage. Uh, I would like to, but unfortunately, I just I'm always doing something and never go back and find it. So I read some of the the little uh, articles that are written and get some of my information from there. Mostly it's talking to people like you or I'll text, you know, somebody here, somebody there and, and get some good information that way. Um, and be set up. 
Well, you know, I no offense. I know so many of you guys now, and you're more willing to to respond back. And I can get a little insight. Yeah, you've got the inside track. You're good. You don't need the the general information. No, uh, Facebook, you get some good stuff, but not always. Uh, You never get the real story. I always like to just, you know, just tell me the truth and then let's move on. I won't say a word, you know, that's that's for sure. That's not what I'm about. You know, I want I want what you want to say. And I that's why I question when I question you about something, I want you to answer your way. Don't give me any secrets you don't want anybody to have, which are there any secrets left? There's a couple that we've, we've got a couple of tricks up our <laughs> sleeves. <laughs> I like that. You had to think about it for a second, but <clears throat> when are you going to go back to Florida? Early, early this year. Uh, we, we got a house that has no flooring or paint. We went over this, dude. Got to go, go put oh, some flooring and some paint you down. Jumped in the pool? Yeah, for sure. Oh, so you got to get back to work. Got to go down there, dude. Got to, got to do all sorts of fun stuff. I didn't know it was the Florida house that you did that in. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the Florida house. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, why are you even in New York, dude? You should be down there working on that house. Well, cause I had to focus in, you know, I had to focus in on this and then we can worry about that. You know, like that literally gets put on the back burner when this is, when this is going on, we're back burner. So when you go down there before early, you start prepping your house, working on the things you need to, and do you physically do it? Or are you working? Are you the general manager, the general contractor running the show? No, dude, I'm installing, I'm installing, or I'm installing the flooring and all sorts of good stuff like that. You know, uh, I sometimes have to have people pull me back in reality a little bit and be like, dude, these colors don't go together because I just have all the colors all the time. And, um, I was going to have my epoxy dude that did the garage floor. He was going to come and I was like, dude, let's just epoxy all the floors in the house done. And he was like, you sure? I'm like, screw it. Why not? He's like, okay. And, uh, they were like, no, Hunter, you can't, that's too busy. They'd be so busy. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. What, what color is your garage? Mm, it's a pretty, it's got blue, gray, blue, gray, silver swirls, like that swirly magnetic looking or metallic looking flooring. Yeah. I think that's a bit much for the house there, but (laughs) just saying, you know, yeah. Maybe you could do the master bedroom that way, but the rest of the house you got, you got to come up with something else. Yeah. Bland. That's all these people want is bland colors. Well, yeah, because you're guest. You got to think of your guests just a little bit, right? Nah, they'll be fine. They'll they'll want to leave quicker then. That's why they're (laughs) called a guest. They're a guest. Go away. (laughs) Go away. Is that what guest means? It means go away. Something like that. I saw an abbreviation for something and it made me laugh. That's awesome. So who you been training with lately? Dude, you're looking at them. Just just me, myself, and I. The mouse in my pocket and I are, are busy doing laps every day. Well, the last time the last time that I had talked to you, you were riding with other people quite a bit. And you've just focused in on riding by yourself now? Yeah, no, um, it's just, it's just me. Um, it's, it's easier that way. You know, if I, if I run later, if I want to start early, I don't have to, you know, work around somebody else's schedule. And no, I think I've, I've ridden by myself all summer other than, other than at the races, you know, that's the only time that I've actually ridden with somebody else. And it's, it's been good. You know, it's been, it's been good. Um, 
you know, there's nobody else really out there, you know, to uh, gauge off of, which is, which is better and worse. You know, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, but it's, it's one of those things I enjoy, you know, is, is I've always kind of rode by myself. So it's nothing really new and it's, it's exciting. You know, it's it's one of those things where if I'm not enjoying where I'm riding today, I'll just kind of bounce around and find somewhere else that I'm having a lot more fun at and just go about it that way. So do you, um, have somebody that, gives you lap times or are you doing a, a Strava thing or something like that so that you can keep track of it? So thankfully my polar watch, uh, has auto lap. So it'll auto lap for me as long as I have a good starting point. And, you know, like today when I was doing laps, they were, they were all within the same, same two second range. You know, they'd float about two seconds, one, one direction or the other of, uh, of a lap. And that's a, that's a good gauge for, for when we're, we're staying well on, on going through the motions at the races, you know? And what was that that you use? It's uh it's a Polar Vantage V2 is the is the watch. It's a Polar Polar brand. Basically it's oh. it's a competitor of Garmin. Okay, and so it's a watch and it gives you just the lap times and you just start it in the same place. It it's not showing you the lap, it's just No, it'll it'll show me the lap. Yeah, it'll show me the lap time and everything. It uh it has auto lap so it's GPS connected to okay. GPS and heart rate. So it shows me exactly like where I start and, uh, where I stop. And once I pass through that cer- certain point, it'll auto lap for me and tell me what we're looking at. Does it break it down so that in certain sections, it shows you where you were slower or faster, or is it just show you the entire lap? It'll, sh- it shows me the entire lap, but it shows me the speed at which I was in the spots. Like it won't tell me where I was slower or faster, but if I break the laps down, I can, I can personally tell myself where I was faster or slower. Right. Some of the data I've seen, um, will take a lap and break down your lap yep. and then show you where you can, if you take this angle or this turn this way, you'll increase your speed doesn't always work in the real world because of ruts and entrances Correct. turns are, are, are off, but it can give you an idea of how to pick up some more speed in, in certain areas. Yeah. Fly actually just dropped a helmet that has all of that information in it as well. They have, um, it has crash detection in it. It has auto lap, has top speed, has how far you rode, has your heart rate, or I don't know if it has heart rate, but it has all the information in it. And, um, they're, they're amazing. You know, they, uh, they, they're killing another new helmet. Where's that information located? It is on it. So, so how are you going to put a screen in your helmet that you can look at, or is it just, or is it just no? So it, it tells you after it tells you after the ride all the information, but it has a feature in it where it'll actually call your emergency contact um, via via through your like if you have a hard impact, like if you're mountain biking or anything like that, and it has that incident detection. They've now integrated that into their helmets as well, and it has all the other data that comes along with it as well. That's freaking trick! I'm gonna have to check into that. You know, not yeah, that exciting anymore, but. No, but I mean, it's, it's cool. It's a cool talking point too. And for, for safety purposes, you know, for how much people ride alone, i.e. myself, um, it's super cool. And I think the helmet, they said it retails for seven ninety nine, which is about a hundred dollars more than their, their other top of the line formula helmet, which isn't bad. You know what I mean? It's, you have, it's, it's, do you have a link to that? that? Do you have a link uh, to that? I do. Yep. Yep. If you, you go to fly racing, Absolutely. For sure. And then also for anybody listening, if they want to go to flyracing.com, it is their top of the line formula helmet. If you go into there and just click on the formula helmet, it'll pop up. It has four or five different colors. 
and you know, super pretty colors and just look for, it's got a little S on the back of it that stands for the, I forget the exact terminology they have for it, but they are, the helmets are live on their websites and yeah, they, uh, they did a heck of a job with them. Are you going to get one of those helmets? I am. I'm hoping to have two of them soon. They, uh, I've got two of them on order. I'm hoping to have those and be able to use them before I use them in a GNCC. But I think that they'll be, they'll be cool. They'll be super, super cool. You need to send me some pictures of those, please. When you get them. Absolutely. I'm going to look it up after you send me the link. Um, are you going to, or do you now track yourself during the races and look at the, the information after the, the, the races? So I, I don't currently, we are going to start wearing, um, I watch during the race for heart rate and stuff like that, but I haven't recently, but I have been at locals and stuff like that. And we're going to start that for the rest of the GNCCs this year. What is it like to look at a race after the fact? I know it was a local, but what's it like to look at the data after the race? It's cool. You know, it, it breaks it down definitely more so for how I was feeling and stuff like that. And it tells me, tells me more in depth of where, where we can be more, where we can be less, how we're doing. Um, you know, what's, what was good, what was bad, where was good, where was bad. And it just, it allows for me to kind of, you know, dive a little deeper than just, okay, race is over, done, gone on to the next one. You know, you can kind of break it down more and go step by step and see really what, what it was about, you know? Well, I want to ask you this question because you've intrigued me. Um, do you or have you looked into what your heart rate is when you're out practicing versus what your heart rate is during a race? I know you haven't done it with a um, exact same race, but you've done it with a with a, a local race or a, or a smaller race. Correct. Do you do you see a fluctuation in heart rate? Same. Same. I can, I can replicate a race day at the house as well as I can at a, at a true race. You know, I can make them to the T right on point, you know, everything down to, down to the one I take my last sip of water to how it starts. I can, I can replicate it all via heart rate, via way I feel the way the race goes, everything, you know, just at the house, I have to do more laps than I would at a local cause the track at the house isn't equally long enough as, as a race race loop is. That's pretty, that's pretty good because you're also, not only are you controlling your heart, but you're also controlling your emotions at the same time. Correct. Yep. Correct. And a lot of it comes down to just the, the preparation work that, that goes into it. And a lot of people underestimate the, the, the pre-prep work to a race as in, and I don't even mean the ATV prep work. I mean, the, the, physical prep work yourself. Like I was joking the other day with my uh, buddies a couple of weeks ago, we went and we had a, uh, a Buffalo chicken wing pizza. And, uh, I went and rode the day after I ate the pizza and it went terrible. And I was like, yep, I'm done with that. Never eat one of those again. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, no, it, uh, it made, made my lap time. And, and I could see the lap times, the lap times were slower and the heart rate was higher. And I felt less in control just via what I just via that one thing that I ate. And that was the only thing that I changed in the way that I ate. I slept the same. I drank the same amount of water. Everything was the same. And with the, with the record books that I keep, I was able to go through and see what was different day by day. And that was the only outlier. And you know, it's easy. Just take that out of the, take that out of the diet, take that out of the program. And since then it hasn't happened again. Is it you as an individual that your body is, is noticing that intake of certain food, or do you think this is athletes on the whole are 
having this issue where the what the fuel they put in is affecting them that drastically. You know, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but um, I mean, I can speak for myself. I definitely know when we've eaten the proper things and, and done the proper prep work going into the weekend um, that we do we do usually perform perform better and just feel feel better during the race. And you know, I'm one of those that like I I shop at the funky got the funky grocery stores. You know, like everything's organic. Everything is you know, uh, if you can't pronounce the label on your food, I'm probably not going to eat it. You know, like I, uh, I kind of am funny, like when my buddies and stuff will go out to eat, you know, like I'll usually eat dinner before I go and then I'll just go hang out with them, you know, and, uh, bring my own water and do stuff like that. Just because, you know, like I try to keep such a specific record of what, of what goes in to what goes out so that we know the, the product and where we can see an outlier of, where something is going well versus what something makes me feel, how it makes me feel emotionally, physically, mentally, you know, everything breaks down because everything you eat has a positive or a negative reaction. You know, I mean, from everything you do to the workout you do or don't do, you know, is either going to move you closer or further away from a goal. Nothing has a neutral effect. You know, everything you do during the day is either going to be a positive or a negative. And when you break it down to that basic of a level, you're able to really start to understand the physics of what that, Oh, I'm just going to have one snack. I'm just going to have one beer. I'm just going to have one, this one, that you, you see how those, those one, one ofs compound over a week. And then you're like, wow, like, I feel like, like I feel super shitty this week, you know, where you can kind of go, Oh, or wow, I feel great this week. What, what changed? And you can look through and be like, Oh, I didn't have this, that, or this. And boom, take it out of, take it out of the equation. And then, you know, once you, once you have a little bit of a grasp, it snowballs. And then you're like, well, let's see if I can, I can feel great instead of just feeling great one day. Let's see if I can do it for a week. Oh, I can do it for a week. Let's see if I can do it for a month. And it just, everything compounds and it's a progressive rate where, you know, now, like I, I couldn't even look at a piece of candy and be like, dude, like that would be delicious. Like none of it, none of it's that appealing, you know, like you could get me, you know, like here's a perfect example. So chocolate bars, absolutely delicious, right? I have gotten to where I don't eat chocolate bars, but pure cacao, like the cacao nut that come that chocolate is made from. You give me some of that, you chop it up, dude, you put that on top of a cherry smoothie, like pure cherries and some other cherries, um, coconut water, and a scoop of uh, vanilla protein powder. You put some cacao nuts chopped up on top of that, dude. Delicious, absolutely delicious. And you couldn't even, I mean, you couldn't even get me to touch a candy bar. I'd be like, nah, I'm good, you know? But, um, and that's just the difference is like, once you figure out what the true foods are made of and what your body truly enjoys, you can, you can step it back from there and just figure out what, what you can weed out versus what you can consume. And it allows for you to have such a, a broader understanding of what, of what truly fuels it. You know, like a lot of people can't figure out why, why a hundred years ago, people felt so much better. They were so much healthier and everything like that. And the problem is that the foods that existed a hundred years ago were true undoctored forms of food. Whereas today, the foods that a lot of people eat, you know, you, you couldn't, you and I couldn't produce, you know, but you and I, we can make mashed potatoes. We can cook a steak. You can eat an, an avocado. You can make eggs, you know, but I mean, if you and I were going to say, try and make like I don't even know what a good example of a product would be, but Oh, say you and I were going to try and like create a soda. How, how are you and I going to create a soda? You know, but I mean, you can make lemonade and that's the other thing too, is, is I still drink sweet tea. I still drink lemonades, but where I get 
my sugars from is different. So I use pure cane sugar. So the sugar that I'm having isn't isn't created in a laboratory sugar. This sugar comes from a from a true stock of cane sugar crushed in a machine, and then it's just pure cane sugar. And the pellets are much larger, which is how you can tell that they're they're a more organic version of what their counterpart is. That's the unhealthy part of it, you know. And and I don't want to you know get people super deep into this because I mean this we could talk about for thirty minutes. And um, but basically, if you go to the grocery store and you start reading your favorite snacks. Like if you can go through and just, you know, look, look at your snack and have two examples, right. And take the one snack. And if you can't pronounce half the ingredients somewhere else in that, take crackers somewhere else in the store, there's going to be a cracker with six ingredients in it, you know? And if you can find the cracker that has just flour, um, that base has flour, salt, water, and, you know, maybe two or three other ingredients in it, that's the one to go to. You don't want the ones that you can't, can't read any of the ingredients on because those are, they're, they're synthetic oils and in the body can't process that. And that's the stuff that like, if you can just kind of eliminate a little bit, you're so much further ahead. My experience with it is so dinner roll. Yes. You know, no big deal. Right. So you eat this, this dinner roll here in the States and you eat that one dinner roll and you're bloated. Correct. So I can go eat a similar dinner roll 45 minutes from here across the border in Mexico. And I can eat three, four. There's, there's probably two, there's probably three ingredients. There's probably, uh, wheat slash flour, uh, wheat flour, um, the, the raising, rising agent, some, probably some salt and a little bit of seasonings in the one in Mexico where the one here probably has probably 25 true ingredients in it. And that's, that's where the problem lays is just the, the ingredients in the, in the food that you're eating versus the food itself. You know, like a lot of the prime example is a, is a lot of people are dairy sensitive where they'll eat dairy in America or the, then they go to out of here, like in um, Europe or somewhere like that. And they don't have the same dairy allergen, the chemicals that are in the dairy here versus the chemicals in the dairy or the lack thereof chemicals in the dairy elsewhere in the country. Correct. And I think that uh, some of the ingredients that go in our bread are illegal in Europe. Exactly. Yes. You know, it's crazy stuff. I, I really like the fact. Now, did you go to school for this or this is just what you've learned from a trainer or all on your own? No, I mean, dude. Start so- coming up with this. So very thankful that I have had some awesome um, nutritional people in my life, not nutritionists, but um, people that just know, know nutrition and know, know what the body needs and stuff like that. And they, they just kind of educated me along the way on stuff. And a lot of it too is, is just self, self research and spare time on the road that I'm able to just do that do deeper dives into the stuff that I enjoy, which is food, you know, and very thankful to have, have a friend of mine. That's, that's a chef. And he, uh, he breaks this stuff down for me. He's like, honey, you don't need all these filler ingredients, dude, and anything. He goes, they're just to make food cheaper. He goes, and if you can afford the more expensive food, which, and it's not, it's not more expensive. It's just, um, in the, in the wholesale form, it's more expensive, but for you or I, and a general consumer, it's cheaper to be able to build it yourself. And, 
it tastes so much better too. You know, like I don't, if say I'm going to make a, a chicken Alfredo, which is actually what I had tonight for dinner. The only ingredients in chicken Alfredo are chicken breasts, um, a little bit of, uh, old bay, some parsley that goes on the chicken and a little bit of salt. That's what I put on my chicken, a little bit of olive oil in the pan, cook it to make the, to make the true Alfredo three ingredients. It is uh, heavy whipping cream. It is uh, some mozzarella and some Parmesan and then a little bit of salt and pepper. So if you want to consider that five ingredients, you, you boil that, you boil your pasta and done. I'm, and I mean, there's seven ingredients in there and you know, it's whereas if you get it out of a can, you read the can of what's in uh, a can of Alfredo, there's 35 different ingredients on that can and, and you and I can't pronounce half of them. And right. and that's the biggest thing is like, people are like, dude, like it just doesn't taste the same. And I'm like, it tastes better. And I just like, that's one of my big passions is, is cooking and stuff like that because I like to eat, you know, like I like, and I enjoy exciting foods and a lot of stuff is, is that way. Like you can just break it down to where it's so simple. Like people, people think cooking is, is this big, hard, scary monster. And it's not, it just, you have to be focused on cooking for that 30 minutes that it takes and you're set. And I think that if a lot of people just spent a little bit of time, you know, diving into the foods that they eat, they'd be so much more amazed on how it affects their mood, how it affects the way they feel, they think, um, just, just everything, the energy they have, just everything at the end of the day. I agree so much. That's incredible. Um, have you got into blood work where you're going to the doctor and having them do blood work on you? Not yet. Soon. I'm hoping to go. Um, I'm hoping to do that down in Florida. I meant to do it when I was down there last time and I haven't yet. Uh, it's definitely something that I would like to do. You know, um, I have gone and had some, they're called live x-rays done where they actually go through and they scan your body as you go through some motions and stuff like that through the neck, through the back, through the spine, through the legs, everything. And it gives a more in-depth look of how your muscles are reacting with your bones and everything like that. Um, to help to see if I am truly like squared up because nobody is perfectly centered. Like no matter who you are, your body is never a perfect, perfect, I don't know what you want to call like body, but like a perfect body. Like nobody has the perfect lines. Um, whereas with, for this, you're able to go in and see what you can change and what you can work on the stretches you should do. Um, the areas of your body that need more attention, the air body, the areas of your body that you're decent in, like you can really kind of float through, do deep dives and be, be set up so much better for for just the, for just a better sleep, you know, better sleep, better health, better, better mindset, everything. You know, you can just be a, be a better individual, be a better person. That's so, that's so awesome that you went to that level in the conversation because you're, it's intriguing to a lot of people. And I think the amateurs that listen or the younger people that listen, well, even the old fat guys like myself, you know, I'm always striving to to do better, even though it's harder and harder and harder for me to, to do it because my metabolism is different than it was when I was your age. You know, when I was your age, I could drink and eat and not, I was skinny, you know, now I'm yeah. being careful and I'm still fat, but that's either you or there. Um, Hunter, as always, brother, it is such a pleasure to have you on. I, I could sit and talk with you forever. It, it's just unfortunately everybody else would get tired of it so yeah dude no problem it's uh it's good we definitely should uh pop on a little bit more we've got we didn't talk much racing stuff today but um no it's good um i'm excited for for florida you know i've got uh booking reservations currently for the florida classes that i do a lot of down there you know if, if people are interested in spending 
you know, uh, a week's worth of classes with me. You know, we cover everything from the nutrition to the gym work to riding, everything like that. Um, I'm, I'm booking classes right now. I've got December, January, part of March and part of April are currently open, you know, for people that want to reach out for the one-on-one training, it breaks down to, uh, it's 1500 bucks for the week for yourself. That covers the housing, the food and the training, all that stuff is covered, included in that price. Um, they can reach out to me via Instagram, talk to me at the races, anything like that. And you know, it's, it's great. Um, I've had a lot of kids that have come down and had some awesome success. Uh, I actually have, have a West coast guy coming out this year. That's going to spend a couple of weeks down in Florida. I'll let you ponder on who that is for a little bit. And, um, no, it's, it's awesome though. I enjoy, I enjoy talking, talking this stuff and, you know, there's, there's so much stuff to talk about that you could, we could deep dive into. And, you know, I mean, we could go into the mindset stuff and be here for another two hours. Exactly. And and I love it. And I don't even want to ponder on it uh, as far as if they want to get on and talk to me about the experience down there. That's great. If you have any flyers that you want posted on social media, do not hesitate to get them to us. We will do more. We will, we will get them out on all of our platforms for you, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. And, and so that everybody can see it. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Let's, uh, let's not be strangers. Let's get on here. Hopefully after Ironman, when uh, we've got some more wins to talk about. Not a problem, sir. I'll be in touch. You be in touch also. Don't, don't forget about me while you're out there uh, becoming rich and famous. All right, brother. That's right. All right. Thank you, buddy. Have a nice night. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International, Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world. And they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to duncantechinternational at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 